Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Welcome to episode 169. And after 169 episodes, that music still makes me smile every time I hear it. As ever, firstly, thank you to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. And if you like what you hear, and you think you'd like to help keep it going, you can do for around about the price of a cup of coffee via our Patreon support page. Just go over to Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, you'll see a Linktree drop-down box and that'll direct you straight there. And 100% of the Patreon money comes back into the podcast. And if you're not able to do that, that's absolutely fine. This content is free for everyone. Well, speaking of supporting the podcast, we're going to be at Roy's Art Fair at the Truman Brewery from the 7th to the 10th of April. We're creating a sort of media hub where we'll be recording and producing podcasts live at the art fair. We'll also be doing several Instagram lives throughout the day, so if you're unable to make it on that occasion, you'll get some idea of the buzz and atmosphere that you're missing out on. And if you are there, come over and say hi. That's Roy's Art Fair, from the 7th to the 10th of April, Truman's Brewery, just off Brick Lane, London E1. But getting back to this week's episode... Today's guest is Elizabeth Prentice, a British artist who fairly recently relocated to Portugal. The heartwarming reasons that she chose Portugal as her destination are told within the first few minutes of this podcast. 
If you've been listening to this podcast for quite a while, you'll also remember that we spoke to Portuguese-based mural artist Jacqueline de Montaigne. Now, if you don't know Elizabeth Prentice, she's a multidisciplinary artist, be it performance, paintings, and more recently, ceramics. All of which definitely have the um, Prentice signature. And what a joyous signature that is. So today you're in for a real treat. But before I introduce you to Elizabeth... Parental advisory warning. If you have small children nearby, we recommend you use headphones. If you are of a nervous disposition, beware. This podcast does contain Elizabeth Prentice. So I just packed my bags and went. So I've been here, you know, for a year. It's great. I can afford a studio. What made you choose Lisbon? <laughs> the wine's cheap, the bags are cheap, and it's sunny. <laughs> there you go. Fuck, it turned out to be a fucking stupid question, didn't it? <laughs> Obvious reasons only. Obvious reasons only. Like, I think, I mean, it was kind of like, I'd got a mate that I studied with. He moved here three years ago with his Portuguese partner. So I was like, right, well, I know a human in Lisbon. That's a good, that's a good start. And I'd been here for like a long weekend, like a few years ago and was like, yeah, Lisbon's nice. So I just went, hmm. Fuck it, I'll go to Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice little artist quarter out there, isn't there? Yeah, massively. I mean, like, my studio is in Mar Villa, which is kind of, I guess it's a bit like the Hackney Wick equivalent of yeah. London, you know, sort of uh, ex-industrial warehouses, like right near the docks, like where all the, you know, shipping containers are. You've got all your old industrial units and stuff like that. So I, I, like, I like it around here. My... The old studio then was right in the middle of, like right in the middle of Lisbon, which was which was lovely. Yeah. But I actually really like being around big industrial equipment. I like going <laughs> walking past looking at the cranes, like, ooh. When I was ooh, looking at some of your performance pieces, exactly. you lose a lot of industrial <laughs> stuff there, didn't you? Oh my god, well, Elizabeth, I've got a few questions that I ask each artist on here. Yeah. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Okay, so I guess I'm an ultimate kind of multidisciplinary kind of artist. So I kind of sit across performance, painting, sculpture, a bit of a bit of video. Kind of, I was doing a lot of like back in back a few years ago. I was doing a lot of what I probably call action sculpture. Yeah. So sort of like realizing a final sculptural piece through like a performative action or gesture. So sort of like, I made a very large uh, jelly sculpture. Um, That's when I first saw you, the jelly in the pond. Yeah, the jelly in the pond. So much jelly in that pond. <laughs> what, was it like 600 litres yeah, or something? Like, I think it was like 600, it was, I did a rough estimate of it being about <laughs> three quarters of a ton. <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, like, the kind of getting the audience involved. I've got like, you know, everyone on the guide ropes on one side. I'm like, right, when I say go, you're going to pull in this direction. You're going to pull in that direction. And, you know, realizing, realizing the final sculpture through like audience participation. And it's fun. When I was at art school, I was like hardcore, like I'm a sculptor. I like heavy, heavy, like, material and I'm a sculptor through and through and then by the time I got to my final year at Chelsea 
I was getting really fed up with the static nature yeah. of sculpture, right? And how I, I'm like, right, well, if I weld this piece of metal to the other bit of metal, it's going to stand up. If I weld it there, it's not going to stand up, right? It became, felt too predictable, yeah, right? Yeah, um, So I was boring myself. I'm like, if I'm bored of like, <laughs> how, how can I expect somebody else to come and like, it, like look at it? If I'm of bored of my own work, like, come on. Well, it, it uh, emits as well, doesn't it? Yeah, you know. So then I was like, I want, I want this stuff to. I feel like I want it to move, but I didn't want to go down the road of like, like, like engineering it too much or building yeah. mechanisms and things like that. So I just thought, well, why don't I just like start dragging stuff? Like, why yeah. don't I just push it over? Why don't I just interact with the material to then realize the sculpture? And then that's how that kind of process started happening. And then I ended up like making like making performance art and I was yeah. kind of I don't do I've never do performance like yeah. kind of having just this like Marina Abramovich kind of like uh performance art people sit in there like with a face on in a black t-shirt like <laughs> doing something repetitive dull. like she says I, wearing a black top <laughs> 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 oh you're so Marina Busted, 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 busted. Um, so I think that I think that was always my kind of like preconception about performance art. Like right. I was always very kind of like, mm, don't like that. Like how how self indulgent and annoying is that? And then I kind of realised actually I'm I'm doing performance art, but this is fun. Yeah. Like I already had my own idea of what performance art was, and then I was like actually no, I I am actually doing it without yeah. weird. If you don't mind me saying, you're, you're similar to myself. You, you're quite loud, funny. You're like an audience anyway. What's the difference? You know what I mean? One, it's just that one of them spontaneous and yeah. sort of silly. The other one is, well, yeah. spontaneous and sort of silly. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I think as well with, you know, that sort of like, those sort of action sculpture things that I was making, they were never rehearsed, right? Yeah. So. You, there's 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 no way you can rehearse it and I don't want to rehearse it like none of the performances I ever do have got any sort of like rehearsal I always you know plan maybe you know 60 70 percent of it right yeah. where am I doing it do I need help what are the materials do I need to make a costume like all those things that you can you know plan and that you need to factor in but then I like leaving this like kind of 30 35 percent of the unknown yeah, like yeah. is it gonna work or is it gonna just be a fucking mess like and if it is a well, fucking even mess even if it doesn't work that's, that's still a positive part of the process anyway yeah exactly and it keeps me interested like it keeps me like oh what's gonna what's what's actually gonna happen like I'm you know improvising and having like a very like organic and real-time relationship with the audience yeah and the material and the process and what I'm doing at the same time, you're constantly like going ping, 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 ping from all these posts and reacting whilst yeah. you're doing it, which is what I was missing when I was just doing sculpture or just painting, you know, it kind of keeps me going. Zing, 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 yeah, zing, zing. yeah. It's and it's like, like when you had that 650 kilos of green slime and you yeah. was raising it, raising it and you know it's yeah. gonna go but it's yeah. when, so it's the trepidation of seeing it happen. Exactly. And then you get your prize, the image that's left afterwards with all the green splat up mm -hmm. against the wall. It is like a, a sort of comedic crime scene, isn't it? 
completely, completely. And also, it was also just kind of a big aspect of that was the amount of health and safety and like bureaucracy that had to be done and to was go. Was that in through. college? Yeah. Yeah. When I they were like, "Oh, what's the load bearing weight of the floor?" And I was like, "Well, we're on the ground floor of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old military. The hospital. building's on it, so I think my my slime is going to be okay. It's going to be fine. But then the whole the whole kind of joke of that piece was is that the slime was like six hundred and fifty plus kilos right that was like the rough estimate but I put 200 kilos on the health and safety form just because I was just like well that's you know exactly, that's yeah. heavy yeah. no one's going to turn up and weigh it late misses from health and safety she doesn't know how much or like how much a kilo of slime looks <laughs> no. so whether it's 650 kilos or 200 kilos if she thinks oh that's 200 kilos that's fine for the load bearing of the floor yeah. but she's not going to check is she like no, how she, like, she's not, not going to turn Brilliant. up with a forklift truck and like what on an industrial like lorry weighing machine yeah, yeah with her slime scales yeah exactly with her slime scales <laughs> and actually see if i'm telling the truth about how much yeah. it weighs so there was there was just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of these kind of like inside jokes with me and abigail from health and safety <laughs> <laughs> brilliant oh, so yeah it was, it was yeah my own kind of yeah dealing with all that kind of how did your interest in art come about? Has it always been there? Yeah, I've never kind of seen myself doing anything else. I mean, like as kids, we were, you know, always, you know, just like go into the garden and do something. Like, yeah. don't you're not sitting in the you're not sitting in the house watching TV. So it was always like in the garden making mud pies or yeah. you know destroying mum's flower beds, making perfumes and potions and stuff like that. So that's always been you know be active and be doing stuff but I mean they all wanted me to go and do like geography and like go to Durham and <laughs> there was world war three kind of break breakout in the family because I was like I'm going to art school and they're like no you're not you're gonna go you're 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 intelligent you're gonna go and do something academic and I'm what like, did your siblings do uh, a data scientist maths kind of yeah. everyone's very like maths like science orientated in in the family i'm i'm the black sheep of yeah you're throwing 650 kilos of slime <laughs> yeah exactly and they're just like oh gosh like i think now they've come around to it now they think that you know throwing 650 kilos of slime around is actually quite cool <laughs> like that's a bit it's, it's niche anyway in it yeah. like you're like, oh, so what, what did you do last week, Lizzie? Oh, you know, I dressed up as a snake in a bikini and rolled around in some baby oil in front of 200 people in a warehouse in Lisbon. And they're like, oh, okay. And what did you do? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I had some things on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Know? Jenkins at 39. <laughs> so I think that now I think they think it's quite, like, cool. Like, it makes, you know changes it up a little bit from yeah. you know when your parents like go and hang out with their friends they go oh what's your daughter oh yeah she's just finished her like um new accountancy course and she's you know she's taken over some new blah 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 and uh, what about lizzie what's she up to she's like well where do i start um so, so i don't think they, they don't get it but i think now they quite they think it's a bit of a novelty now Definitely. When was you interested in art then that you wanted to be arty? Yeah, it's always just happened. Like 
like maths and science and anything like that just like no and I just art lessons in school just oh finally finally let's go go and do some art right it's just very natural like yeah. always just just happened that way I didn't really ever see myself I didn't actually think about it too deep you know it was yeah. always just just a thing like even in you know primary school I still remember certain lessons like in primary school of you know doing like Russo's like tiger paintings and like painting a Turner seascape or something yeah. they're, they're the only things in primary school that I even have any recollection of yeah. which is kind of quite interesting really it was never really something that I... And I know I've said it a few times on here, but I'm always quite envious of people when they've grown up with art, because I never did. I never I never went to a gallery 32. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've never drawn anything seriously, yeah. properly, until I was like 28, 29. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, none of my family are, yeah. are into it or... No, no. Well, likewise, likewise, they're completely, completely not into art, not into theatre, like music, no, nothing, nothing creative. It's all very quite straightforward, but it was always encouraged to be doing something yeah. that wasn't in front of the telly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I think that kind of naturally... I mean, what what I mean, what are you going to do if you yeah. can't watch telly? You're going to be making something, whether you're making a cake or making a picture or making a mud pie in the garden or you know redesigning your doll's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to find something maybe a bit mischievous. When I did like fall in love with art, it was mm -hmm. a real quick happening. But I never knew anyone who was into art, so I couldn't sort of share it with anyone as well, you know. So when was it you realised that you wanted to be an artist? Like when I was in sixth form and I was really like, well, I don't actually see myself doing anything else. I think I probably realized how strongly I felt about it when I did come against the opposition. Like in my college, all the teachers were like, no, go to go do something academic at university. You can do art as a hobby, like yeah. do it on the side, like go and do history or geography and paint and paint at the weekend. And I was like, fuck off no why are you belittling what I want to do and I just every every kind of corner that I was having conversations with people about what my future might look like everyone poo-pooed the fact that I wanted to go to art school yeah. I'm like what is wrong with you this is what I want to do and I think because I was faced with so much like opposition about going to art school, it really made me realise that no, this is this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, there was it it's was like rebelling against your parents again, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It was, but it was. It was kind of. It ran deeper than that because yeah. I've always <laughs> always been a bit of a you know bit of a nightmare. So it wasn't even the rebelling thing necessarily. It was something way more like intrinsic to me. I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to be happy doing anything else like yeah. this is there's not there's not a conversation about this this is what I need to do and why is no one taking me seriously and then you know I applied for the foundation at St Martin's and a couple of other people in my college did and the day of the day of like you know the email acceptance 
oh, I started checking my emails all day and I was like, oh my God, she's got in and he's got in and I haven't got an email. Like, oh my God, and like properly like having a meltdown. I'm going to have to go and do geography after all. Like the life is not worth living. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go to Durham and do geography. I don't want to do a it. data analyst. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to wear like, oh, like hiking boots and a North Face jacket for the rest of my life. Like, I don't even know how to use a compass. Like, what am I going to do? and I felt like you know like a maniac refreshing my emails all day I was like got myself into such a tizzy I was like on crying on the phone to mom like oh I haven't got in and she was like well which email address did you use and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I went well I've um I think I used my my, my college email she's like maybe you want to check your hotmail and I was like oh fuck <laughs> so I opened it and I was like you have been accepted and just doesn't matter so I was like oh I got myself into such a bloody flat, but that's just like a classic Lizzie move. I didn't even think to check that other bloody (laughs) God. And then I think at that point, you know, I said like, look, I've been accepted into St. Martin's. I'm going to go do my foundation in London. And my parents sort of turned around and they were like, oh, even I've heard essential St. Martin's. (laughs) Maybe, maybe she's, you know, maybe... Maybe she's not just like wanting to do some like flaky, flowery, like get out of jail free card kind of thing. Like, yeah, come yeah. on. So, yeah, that was kind of me kind of like proving that I wasn't just like kind of like away with the fairies. And was that for the foundation or for the degree? The foundation. And then I went to Chelsea after. But yeah. I and went... which one did you prefer? <sighs> Chelsea, like Chelsea, like my my heart is with Chelsea uh, but we were really lucky we were the last year to be at the old St Martin's campus in um, Back Hill in Farringdon which yeah. was amazing that old factory building um, I don't think I don't think I would have had the same foundation experience if I was at the new big St Martin's campus now I think there's you know I think it would have been a very different experience we were really quite you know, left our own devices and finding, you know, weird little <laughs> hidden rooms in this old factory building, just kind of causing, causing carnage, really. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. But I think this sort of brand new, shiny, multi-million pound building, yeah. it's probably kind of under a little bit more scrutiny as to what you can drill into the wall or bash over or something. Do you yeah, know I can, what I mean? I it's can like... relate to that because when when I started, we I was at University of East London, which is mm-hmm. um if you don't know it, it's um opposite the city airport. Yeah. And it was brand spanking new. It had, you know, it was you know, it was a lovely building, but the mm-hmm. ones prior had been in um these old buildings in in Plasto in East London. Yeah. And th- we was the first year in there as first years, mm-hmm. but the ones who was in the second and third year who had been in the old building yeah. hated the new shiny angled building, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no yeah, but- flaky paint or creaks. And I just find that bizarre because then you kind of, like, you need to be in a studio where you can make a mess. Yeah. You no, know, like just drop paint all over. Oh, fuck it. I've dropped paint all over for it's It's fine. Like, I think this kind of. I mean, yeah, artists end up in, you know, broken, falling down warehouses and stuff, having their studios there because it's what you can afford. But also it has, comes with that, you know, bit of freedom for bashing stuff up and making a mess. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's, well, for me, that's like 
very very necessary to be in a space like that if I was in some bright white shiny building I I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't cope <laughs> I wouldn't cope well was you painting at uni no I didn't I didn't pick up a paintbrush until about what probably about four years four years ago I was I was like there's no way there's too much yeah I'm gonna call I'm gonna go with the word baggage baggage painting's got a lot of art baggage that comes with it and I think it took me a couple of years of coming out of art school to be like actually this is quite fun like I can just paint and it not have to be something serious yeah you know there were some builders next door like chucking out some old old bits of ply and I was like very very unemployed and very very miserable and didn't have a studio and just like went to this like Polish builders next door and I was like excuse me can I have those um bits of ply are they are they going out and they're like yeah like if you want like yeah and I just got perhaps there was some emulsion in the shed and I just I just just started went painting from there. Nice. and I was like actually this is <laughs> this is quite not this is quite nice actually like why have I you know why did I feel like I couldn't it felt like painting had too much pressure attached yeah to it. and had you not done it before not really I mean you know like you know in like high school oh, of and course. yeah 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 and all that kind of stuff you you paint you know um you yeah know. that's because you had to but you've never done it intentionally no never I'd never done it intentionally always something that I had a bit of like yeah I just thought oh god that's that's a bit too much to be taken on like I yeah. don't I like I like big heavy like machines and like material and rah, 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 rah. I don't want to you know I'm not a pansy with a paintbrush. The trouble with performance, Elizabeth, is it's there in the moment unless it's being recorded, and yeah. that is your artwork. Whereas yeah. with painting, it's sort of more or less a physical proof that you're an artist, isn't it? Yeah, you know? and I think also I feel like painting is. It's very vulnerable. I feel very vulnerable when I'm painting, which I also think that that's something that I was like, well, I'm bored or don't don't want to do that. Like when you're when you're painting, the whatever's going on in your subconscious or conscious, whatever part of your brain that you're painting from, right, is in your brain and then trickles down your arm in your hand and then it's on the canvas immediately right there's no hiding from this really immediate process from your head to your hand right yeah. whereas with sculpture or performance right there's like right okay so this is the idea where am I going to do it how am I going to afford the materials how am I going to transport it how, do I need assistance do I need help ding, 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 ding. there's so many like steps between logistical problems yeah yeah the conception of the idea and the realization of the artwork there's such a long timeline of like logistical things to overcome and work out whereas with painting it just bloop, it's just so out. you don't have you don't have a finished vision of what it's going to look like as you start in no. no I just do it like I don't I don't sketch I hate drawing I hate I hate, I hate hate drawing um I just just do and see what happens or where it goes like well you said that you feel a bit vulnerable as you're creating it yeah when you're looking at the artwork it makes you feel a bit vulnerable as well it makes you feel as though your artwork's got the power yeah it's like it's a it's a big old mirror yeah you don't do subtle do you no I don't (laughs) I don't and they're big 
you know, like most of the paintings, I don't know if you can see that one over, over there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like two and a half meters by two meters or three meters by two or something like that. So they're, they're, they're big. When I'm making them, it's, it is a very performative process actually, because they're so big, I'm in the canvas while yeah. I'm doing it. It's, they're very like active while I'm doing it. And then you kind of, I don't know, step, have to stand quite a long way back in the studio to see what you've just been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden there's this massive like, babe, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, are you okay? <laughs> is she going through something? <laughs> like, are you sure you're all right? Um, but yeah, I think like the painting thing definitely is intensified over lockdown, right? Like I wasn't in a scenario where I could be doing performances. There's no audience, right? Yeah. I, there's, I'm in a scenario where um, I can't do something with assistance because we're all self-isolating. Okay, what can I do like in the studio solo? Okay, cool. Well, maybe I'm going to use this lockdown as like a mini like painting residency in my head and just like bash out as many paintings as I can and just see see how that flows and happens and then it's been quite interesting how you know like November like now here I mean we're in a bit of a lockdown at the minute but sort of October November everything was kind of a bit more bit more open yeah and as everything kind of was like open and we could do things suddenly I'm like I'm doing a performance <laughs> and it's gonna happen I can have an audience again and do, 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 do. whereas the past sort of like 18 months I hadn't had any ideas for any performances I'd yeah. kind of gone really like tunnel vision and like a hardcore sort of painting well, when I was speaking to Catherine Borowski mm -hmm. um, from Skip Gallery a couple of months before the show in Greece come about yeah. and she said that you were in it and I was like Oh yeah, I've seen her stuff. I, and I went to Catherine. I thought she was performance. Yeah. She went, "Have you not seen her paintings?" I went, "No." <laughs> and then oh, it was like fucking bang, you know. And the one like she showed me the the, the painting that you was submitting, and yeah. you know straight away I saw it was there a, a back view. Yeah, I, I could be clapping. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah, no. When she said the title of the show was Bums, I was like. I've got Hallelujah. Just, just the painting, Catherine. <laughs> I've got one of those. How big is the gallery? It's quite it's quite a big painting. She was just like, oh, how big is it? And I was like, but uh, just uh, it's about two and a half by two and a half meters. And she was just like, Yeah, we'll make it work, no problem. Did you was it taken uh, off, rolled up and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always actually I never paint on stretched canvas, really. Oh, okay. I paint because they just hang it big. I've got myself, I don't know if you can see up here. I've yeah, built yeah. myself a, a pulley system. Yeah. Right? No. So oh, I can get nice. all the way up there. So if I want, I can have a seven meter, eight, eight meter long painting if I want. And then I can hoist it up and do another one down here and then sort of like chop bits off and add bits on and as, yeah. as I go along. Um, and then stretch them, sometimes stretch them to exhibit them, sometimes leave them, I was going to say flaccid them. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> well, we found your level all of a sudden, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cocks in this studio, that's yeah. for sure. But, um, I think as well, like this kind of, I don't ever see them as just existing solely as a painting anyway. 
they'll quite often turn into like for example with the um serpent said swallow the painting and then the the performance of the same title that did, I did the performance come first so the painting came first oh okay i did in maybe march last year um and then so i kind of have this thing of these paintings kind of become almost like blueprints or moments which might a performance or an installation might come later on yeah, once yeah. I suggested the painting maybe like the, the show I did at Langley Gallery a couple of years ago the painting came first I'd done the painting in like 2017 that was like one of the first ones on these bits of plywood from the Polish yeah. field next door <laughs> and then and then a couple of years later when Mark said oh do you want to do a show I was like actually yeah like I've been thinking for a while that I want to like translate this painting that I did ages ago into an installation with a performance and I want to translate all of the elements of this like very weird surreal abstract like painting into a performance sculptural installation kind of like mashup he was like great love it um and that's been a really really fun way of working so I've been doing that quite quite a bit recently and then the same kind of process with the serpent said swallow painting I was like right I want to do a performance where I become the snake in the painting. So the serpent said swallow painting is, 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 is a massive painting and it's, it's like a hybrid self-portrait of me and Eve from the story of creation. Right? Yeah, yeah. That there's a massive anaconda snake, like deep throating me slash Eve, right? <laughs> and, um, and it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, the snake has manipulated Eve to eat the apple. Like, come on, she's already committed this, you know, the sin and, you know, doomed the rest of humankind kind of thing. Um, but what did, if the snake's like that much of a bell end, then like, oh, maybe, maybe there's another part of the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I'd, you know, I was like, oh, all these like unfaithful snaky men that I've like dated in the past. Like I really resonate with Eve. Right? <laughs> I really, really feel like I resonate with Eve right now. Uh, I've been on the receiving end of some very snaky behavior. Right <laughs> it's like painting, like, like just happened of like Eve being violated by the snake. And I was like, huh, I want to do a performance where I become the snake in question. Yeah, I've got the venom. I uh, yeah, it's my yeah. I'm I'm gonna embody the snake and and let's see let's see what it's like to be the snake in this role reversal, right? So the painting became the backdrop, and I built all this sort of like cardboard jungle in the same colours as the painting, and put it on this like big old scaffolding structure in the in the space, and made myself this snake costume with an articulated tail <laughs> with some builders band some cardboard and a bit of expanding foam and a can of spray paint and got myself a very sexy assistant to come and squirt me with baby oil and had a guitarist so it was totally improvised right so again like how I was saying earlier about okay the paintings there the stages there I've planned you know, X amount of the logistical thing of the performance. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm going to say. I've got a microphone linked up to a massive speaker set up in this, like, in this <laughs> event space. And I know I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking to the audience about my perspective being the snake and like having a snaky behavior. 
and I've got a guitarist and we're gonna do a live collaboration improvisation mashup kind of yeah 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 what the fuck happened right <laughs> and oh my god it was it was it was it was punk let's just say <laughs> It's very punk, right? And I just, I'm just like squeak, I'm just screaming into the microphone, like, my venom, I'm gonna fuck you up with my venom, it's toxic, you fucking can't. <laughs> screaming into this microphone in a green bikini and there's like snake costume on with this like sexy man, like squirting me and baby on and everyone. It was, I think it was like five minutes of just total carnage and chaos. And everyone was just like, I don't know what just happened, but I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they're trying like, to figure out whether you're mid breakdown or so not. So it's kind of this thing, like these, like yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the, I mean, the painting happened mid breakdown, right? Like I was, <laughs> I was, I just just moved to Portugal. I was like in the middle of the pandemic. I just had a horrible breakup with this horrible boy, and I was like. <laughs> I was like uploading these like, pictures of these paintings on my Instagram and my website and my friends are messaging me like, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah. like, yes, everything's fine. I'm on my own in another country in lockdown. And I'm just, you know, a little bit heartbroken, but it's absolutely fine. I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm keep painting. I'm going to paint through it. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I could imagine, I could imagine you were saying about your parents earlier, explaining right. to mum what you've just got up to, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I think this is why it became such a, you know, the the snake performance Brilliant. became so like mental because I kind of then put myself back into this energy that was like in the spring when I made the painting and then was like, I'm a snakey asshole and I am <laughs> a snakey asshole, but instead of just being like a cool, chill, like snakey fuck boy, like, <laughs> I put all of like the crazy bitch energy yeah. into the snake. <laughs> and it just was, it was bonkers, but it was a lot of fun. And it was like a good, um, like re-baptism back into like yeah. thinking about doing bits of performance again. Now things are kind of like opening, opening back up again. And Cause when you look at your sort of timeline, if you like, mm. when you, you sort of go back to the start, you, you're doing quite industrial performances. Mm -hmm. And that looks, you know, obviously because it's industrial, it's quite macho. But then because you're a woman, then that's giving it a different stance. Then it becomes sort of, if you don't mind me saying, a bit sort of sexy attitude with the boiler suit being very, very low or, or completely undone at points. So then it gives it another level. And then immediately you've got the paintings coming in and the paintings are going bonkers. You know, it was a, it was a fast move and you could sort of, you, it was hard to keep up, you know. The work's always been like heavy on like gender and like yeah. gender expectations. I mean, a big thing, I remember, I think the, all the like heavy machinery and stuff that really started happening big time. I had an argument with a tutor at Chelsea and I'd made this, I'd made this metal sculpture. And the first thing she said to me, she was like, she said something like, oh, so, um, so you're a female artist making things out of metal. How does that change the work? And I went, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. didn't ask Mike, like, exactly, oh, Mike, yeah. you've, got a, you've got a concrete and metal sculpture there. 
how does this change it because you're a male artist like, you didn't ask him that you went no. straight into talking about the form the spatial like the spatiality of it how it's responding to the site like scale color blah 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 blah, blah. you're asking him questions related to the sculpture yeah. we've got you know work that's echoing each other here and the first thing you go in with me is so what's how is it you know affecting the work you being a female <laughs> sculptor making work out very masculine material no. i was like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> so then i think that really really like amped up i'm like right well if you want to see a female artist working with masculine nice. materials yeah. i'm gonna get a fucking petrol wood chipper <laughs> <laughs> yeah and make a coleslaw what the fuck <laughs> And I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm making a, a very feminine domestic thing. I'm making some coleslaw for some people. I'm, I'm in the kitchen, but I'm doing it with a fucking... <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. <laughs> so it's like this kind of like middle finger like attitude of like, okay, cool. Well, you you want me to be this person. Yeah. I'm already fitting this category in your own brain. So I'm gonna really like play to it. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna really indulge this kind of like. Yeah. You're a female artist working with sculpture and heavy machines. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I am! So this kind of like discrepancy or expectation or assumption to do with, you know, like gender and material and the kind of gender of the material as yeah. well. Playing with that. So like jelly, for example. Like, you know, you maybe considered that as hyper-feminine material. It's soft, it's wobbly, it's sensual, it's, you know, slippery and wet and da 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 But then when you make nearly a ton of it, very traditionally feminine anymore. Now you've got this massive, solid block of... Well, it'd be interesting to find out which point the crossover is, wouldn't it? Yeah, From exactly. it being, like, big industrial to very fragile if you like you know exactly. exactly and it was kind of the same with the slime as well like you, you touch it it's like soft it's gooey you know like has all these kind of like feminine quality sculptural feminine qualities and then you scale it up and suddenly this is it's big it's heavy it's, it's serious yeah. now the blokes can get involved <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly and then i'm like i'm like the you know the ringley i'm like the um what do you call it the foreman right yeah, yeah, i'm the yeah. foreman and i've got I've got these blokes that I'm bossing around being like, move the slime, move the jelly, do this, do that, do that. And so it's this kind of idea of like, you know, power play, role reversal, gender expectation, ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, always going on. And yeah, and like ideas of, you know, like sex and consent and things like that. That's just, that's always been in there. But because yeah. work's always been so obviously industrial so and obviously like, um, well, she's a woman with a machine, therefore she's making feminist art or... 
I think with the painting, it's so much more, the sexiness is so much more direct. So the gender thing and the power play thing, like visually becomes more direct. But it's, it, always, it's always been there. It's and it's always a good good thing to to make people speak about because people like myself, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of early 50s. I grew up with the likes of fucking Benny Hill and all that all that bollocks you know so so it's it's ingrained in me and then it I have to sort of learn not to think like that you know over the years whereas people from a generation below me they didn't grow up with all of that bollocks you know so they haven't got to sort of change anything that's already you know ingrained in them you know and I think as well like you know talking about ideas of surrounding sex and consent and power play and like gender gender boundaries and things like that I think that's a very like important thing to be discussing like especially like consent and like I I mean the paintings at the minute are or over the past year have been very like heavily surrounding that and it's got you know like was a bit of a you know, you know, like a snowball then turns into an avalanche. It kind of went further and further into it. And I mean, like, I don't really know any of my female friends that haven't been, you know, assaulted or had something kind of serious happen in regards to sex. And the that's fucked up. Yeah. Like that's really, 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 really fucked up. No one wants to talk about it, right? So if I can, so that's there's this like other undertone, and I think. As you, as you get older, as a woman, you know, you're having more sort of like sexual experiences, your friends are having more sexual experiences, like everyone, you know, the older you get, the more likelihood there is the higher percentage that something shit has happened yeah. to someone, right? Or yourself or whatever, right? And no one wants to talk about it. I don't know whether it's also because we're like, you know, being the British sensibility of like, oh, we don't want to talk about that because that's 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 difficult, that's emotional. That's... That, and that's all the fucking trouble of it, isn't it? <laughs> Hiding it away. Was it you who wrote, who mentioned something about Ai Weiwei last oh, week? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, so just Willis. for anyone listening. On, so on Instagram, okay, there's um, every time I post something that's got a bit Playboy in it or like I've got a little bit of a nipple showing in one of my pictures, it gets gets taken down, right? Instagram police come and take it down, take it down. That's nudity, that's offensive, right? And I'm like, hang on a minute. Ai Weiwei is running around with his friends making videos of him with his knob out, right? I've got a little bit of nipple showing in an image and then I'm having that taken down by the nudity police and Ai Weiwei and his mates are allowed to run around with their knob out. Like, I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, what the hell is going on here? And then there was another one where I reposted an image that Sotheby's had got on, got up for auction or whatever, of a girl with her nips out. Anyway, so I I reposted that on my Instagram story saying, oh, so Sotheby's are allowed to post nipples, but us mere mortals, you know, with only 2,000 followers or something, (laughs) we're not allowed to show our nipples, but other bees are allowed to put as many nipples as they want. So then I reshared, as a little experiment, reshared the nipple picture from Sotheby's onto my story. Immediately, Instagram police came and they they removed it. So I was like, hang on a minute, I'm resharing something that already exists on Instagram and it's got something like 372,000 likes on it. But I share the same image into my stories and then that gets blocked. I mean, that's just one, you know, one 
thing, but I mean, even even the nipple thing, you know, I can I can show my nipple on there. What? I don't know. That just the Ai Weiwei's knob just pissed me off. You know, I was just like, oh, it's not you know not even pleasant to look at. Like I just the comparison is just bonkers. Well, exactly. Surely a bloke swinging his Hampton about is a bit more offensive than a. That's it. That's a it. Woman showing That's a nipple, it. you know, a little bit of side nip, you know, slip of the nip, and your, you know, your account's at risk of being blocked by the Instagram police. But he can, he can swing his saggy balls around. I just, yeah. I just think that's a bit nuts. But I just think that just highlights so many issues that are going on, and so. What many is the What is the problem with the, with the nipple? I, I genuinely don't. Oh, I, yeah, I just, I, I, I think it's just such a, like, um, almost like an exhausted conversation because it's so dumb. Yeah, like, it don't make any sense, does it? It just doesn't make, it just doesn't make any sense. I think the Iowa ways balls really kind of just highlight that fact of it's like, okay, penis is, a penis is fine, but anything of a woman, <gasps> God, gosh, you know, like, oh dear. Yeah. I just, I just think it's just like very two like two very good examples of how how ridiculous it is and I just uh, I think I mean yeah I just think that kind of that but you're right as, as you're saying it I'm thinking like why the fuck are we talking about it because it's, 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 it's just ridiculous isn't it it's stuff and I think I think it also kind of is quite a um like I think with the like a lot of the paintings from like this year, like a lot of it is bringing up like some tricky, tricky territory uh, in regards to sex and like my own like sexual experiences and maybe not some less fabulous things that might have happened yeah. to me. And I think again, it's this kind of like a one rule, one rule for you and another rule for somebody else. And I think like that thing on Instagram actually highlights a much bigger problem that's happening in regards to you know respect towards women or consent and yeah lot, lots of things i just think that's like one example of like you've got a knob so you can do whatever you want or you think you can do whatever you want because woo knobs but you know like you're a woman and actually you know, <laughs> yeah i know you mate i was like oh, come on haven't we got we've got a bit further on than that yeah. haven't we? it like, don't feel like it though does it <sighs> but the more you talk the more you talk about these subjects the people who are um, scared or, or you know, nervous about talking about them, mm -hmm. it does make it feel better. Because years yeah. ago, I was quite homophobic mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the, the, the literal sense of the words, insofar as I was just fucking ignorant to it, because I, I didn't sort of know anyone. This is in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to work. Do you know Heaven? Nightclub. Yeah. yeah. And, right, so I've always like run nightclubs and that sort of thing you know security and started working in heaven and I was shitting myself you know I just knew like people off the telly who were it was the fear of the unknown if exactly. you don't know went down there next minute I've got every gay person in the fucking world you know passing in front of me and making comments to me and then all of a sudden this is and I, I looked back at this later on all of a sudden I felt like the person I'd look look at 
out the corner of my eye wrongly. You know what I mean? I'd look her up and down and and mm-hmm. think something that that she wouldn't, you know, that she wouldn't agree with. All of a sudden, that was me. I had these guys doing it, and the, the, it was turned around on me. You know, you know, after a, a month or so, it was the best club I'd, I've ever worked. Yeah. I mean, there was some stuff there that's fucking burnt on my retina, you know, and I can never unsee. But other than that, you know, it was a fucking good time. And it, it, it changed me from being someone who was very ignorant and nervous around gay people to being, you know, people at some points have asked if I'm gay or bi because of my outlook, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, you know, that, that ignorance, that's it, that, it is ignorance, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. it? People are only behave like that because they're like, made a yeah. pre- fact to base it on or any actual no. personal experience you know I think if every I think I think everyone the world would be a much better place if everyone just you know went to heaven more regularly <laughs> it was fucking I think it would good. solve a lot of problems if yeah. everyone just went just went to a gay club more regularly yeah it was it was uh it was a, a life-changing experience that's for sure mm. Mm. what piece that you've created has got the strongest emotional connection um, you know, I think it's probably this one, this big orange one behind me. So yeah. It's called Spread Your Legs, Say Please. I think that's quite, um, that's probably one which kind of links to some, you know, like previous trauma in the most blunt and direct way that yeah. I've shown it right like it, I kind of really took myself back of how violent that painting actually is and it took me quite a long time to like I don't know if I want to show people that like I really like yeah. the painting but I'm actually feeling a bit that's what I mean about it being like a very vulnerable thing like it's very intimate like it's and subconscious I, canvas it's it's not gone through the thought process is exactly, it you know yeah yeah, exactly. And because I'm not like sketching out ideas before I'm painting it, it is really like what's coming, what's coming up and what's bubbling up. And I kind yeah. of think that actually the painting's almost been like um accidental like therapy process. It's really like unlocked some things where I'm like, oh dear, I didn't know that that was also bubbling yeah. around. I was hiding that from myself, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. I was like blocking that down and like keeping a nice little like English lid on that lock <laughs> yeah, like throw away the key. And actually I'm like, oh, well, if that's come up in the painting, maybe, maybe I should be talking about this more. Maybe I should be talking about this because somebody else might have experienced a sexual assault and then they're going to maybe resonate with this painting and go, oh, actually, like, I can have... Like, a girl came... Well, I had the painting show in Lisbon last year and it was the first time when I'd put... Had just paintings in a show. Like, I hadn't done a performance, hadn't done yeah. a sculpture, hadn't been in the installation. It was just a painting show. And then because these paintings are big as well, it's the first time that I'd seen that, like, body of work in a space together because they're too big to have up in my studio all at the same time yeah and then I was like walking around the show and I was just like bloody hell mate like there's some <laughs> it's like an autobiography isn't it oh there's a lot there's a lot going on here and a girl came over to me and she was just like she was just like I'm really getting what's happening in here she's yeah. like we, kind of, we just had this kind of like 
you know, we didn't need to like verbalize it exactly to each other in like a black and white way, but we both like, we had this kind of conversation with a more like eye contact, yeah. like understanding each other than, it was, yeah, it was quite, um, I don't want to use the word powerful because that sounds a bit naff. No, but it, if it, is, it, it is, that's it, the word. Yeah, and it was kind of like going, okay, this also this painting show is me also acknowledging things that have happened prior yeah. to me, right? That's me acknowledging that, okay, cool. I'm, I'm making work about it. I'm, I'm letting you in. I'm being, letting myself be vulnerable. I'm, I'm letting you in and giving you enough idea as to what might have happened without having to verbally say it out loud, right? I don't want to be like, oh, this happened and that happened. Like, that's not, that's, I don't want to do that. But through like painting, you can comment on it in quite an obvious way without actually having to use language to digest yeah. it. You can do it visually, which I think is actually, it, that's what's really interesting. I think that's what's like become very important about the you know painting that I'm making at the minute is like, okay, I'm, I'm finding a way to verbalize this bullshit that's going on in my head without actually having to verbalize it with yeah. words and language. Like it's a, it's a process. And I think the more, the more conversation that you can have even without using words, like I had with this girl in the gallery, like we had like kind of like a full conversation about, mm, mm, <laughs> yeah. without actually having to put too much of it into actual like, verbal language. And I think that's actually what's been really interesting and important about this like body of paintings is that we're having conversations about like sex consent and pro problem, really problematic things without actually having to like say the words if you don't want to say the words yeah you, perfect you know what i mean yeah, yeah um so yeah like a lot of them are you know you know very colorful and quite have a lot of humor. They, 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 that's what i was going to say because they're humorous yeah. first of all people see the humor and you yeah. haven't got to scratch away much paint mm -hmm. to realize that underneath that humor it's not yeah. like a fucking clown's face you know it's a big smile wipe yeah. the grease paint off and, yeah. and what's underneath you know yeah, exactly and I think I think that's what's you know I mean, humor is my way of like dealing with dealing yeah. with things or having commentary on things like even going back to you know like art school and being so offended by this woman asking me about oh you're a female artist in the metal my, my way of dealing with that like the offense of that was to like make it funny and go even bigger in your face that's right? a very British way as well with dealing with yeah. massive things is to, you know, to, to laugh at them and turn them around that way. Totally, totally. And I think as well, like, even with, there's, um, <laughs> there's a, just a painting up there and it just says, why the fuck is your finger in my asshole? Or if you have a girlfriend, right? If you have, sorry, I started laughing before you got to the end of that sentence. <laughs> why the fuck is your finger in my asshole if you have a girlfriend, right? Really? Like, point blank question. Like, and I, and I remember, saying it to this gentleman like why why and it's 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 funny it's hilarious but it's also why are you doing yeah that? why are you behaving it that way why do you think that's appropriate to be doing that or like cheating on your girlfriend like why like why do you think it's appropriate for you to be partaking in this behavior if you're in a relationship yeah like the, i mean that's just like you know that's like a just a you know a one-off kind of like 
quip that happened and I was just like oh my god this this is actually hilarious but it's actually kind of not because it's it, it, and it comes down to respect and communication and talking about sex and talking about things and like okay if you're doing if you're doing that and behaving in that way well what else do you think is exactly yeah acceptable like this was a consensual scenario but yeah but only between it was a triangle but it was only consensual between two of those wasn't it you exactly, know exactly so i think like like and then i then from from like scribbling that down i then started making um <laughs> a video where i made myself a cardboard bum mask with eye holes and uh, mouth as the bummel and a cardboard hand with a finger and then put it to Spice Girls who do you think you are <laughs> and I'm like who do you think that? Like, and who do you think you are like why do you think you can behave like that but that's like one one kind of like you know minor kind of discrepancy yeah. I, how I think you should be behaving and how blah, 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 blah. But then that also applies to so many, so many other things, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, I guess that's how my uh, brain or process, this may be quite a good example of like brain or process. So you have like a real life scenario, I've put it down on a bit of canvas and then I've like made a video that actually like talks about bigger, bigger, bigger things in regards to sex or intimacy or, like consent and and communication as well like yeah and then that turned into a video and then i'm like oh maybe i should turn this into a you know a, a full karaoke performance well, the thing is with humor mm -hmm. that's a it's a great way to sort of hijack people's emotions and feelings because already they've bought into your work because of its humor and or, or even if it's just the title that they find funny like I did I've not seen the painting but all, all, already I've made a bond with you the artwork and then all of a sudden you strip it away and go well this is what it's for yeah. so I've already made that bond with you and even if I disagreed with what you just said I've already bought into it. So I'll be sort of contradicting myself if I pull away from you or the conversation, you know? Do you know Sarah Maple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So she does exactly that. She, she uses humour, she draws you in and then says, well, the thing that you was laughing about was mm -hmm. my feminism or my race or my religion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I think it's also like, you know, putting, putting things bluntly, right? Putting things, I mean, that is my... I don't know if it's a gift or a curse. Very blunt and direct, and yeah, like every like every element of. No my one can life. say, "Well, I didn't know what she was trying to say in her artwork." <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? You can't. <laughs> no, yeah, and I think that that a lot of people kind of have a bit of um, you know, like a bit nervous stuff. Yeah. As well, you know, it's a bit like, oh, she's got some. <laughs> also, is she really gonna now have a conversation with me about someone's? finger in her arsehole like and also it's the word the wording of it right it's like it's so it's so direct and someone's like did you actually say that, like, that? and yeah. I was like yeah <laughs> yeah of course of course and I think people people are so um like I'm not prudish you know there's, yeah. no, there's nothing prudish about me and I think what's quite interesting as well I think like Lisbon's quite as Lisbon's a very small place right and I think like there's probably like fellas lurking around Lisbon being like 
oh, maybe I'm not going to go on a date with Lizzie because, oh shit, am I going to Am I going to get slammed in a painting? And I'm like, that's good. That's good. I'm making progress. Exactly. Yes. That's what Tracy Emin done with a tent, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, you know? I'm one. I'm just one woman holding, you know, bad behaviour to account one kind of humorous painting to the next but actually if it does if it does make a a bloke think twice of is my behavior going to get slammed by Lizzie Prentice well great you're thinking about it then you might behave better to the next person you you know there's like my like like own little mission (laughs) yeah accountability is a is a very very good word yeah if you've got the option to maybe make someone go, oh, hang on a minute. Yes. Then I'm down with that, 100%. Like, I'm down with it. I mean, I'm not saying that I will paint like this for the rest of my life. This is like a, you know, I don't know if it's a, a phase or if some a project that will continue going or whether this is just like, you know, my blue painting period equivalent, right? But it will always be there somewhere within the work and a dialogue around it. it just, yeah what what way it's going to like manifest and be there will be the thing that keeps changing I mean like at the minute I'm making quite a lot of like ceramic pieces and making a lot of like drawing in clay because I don't like drawing on paper but I'm actually really enjoying like scoring slip away from the clay and drawing it because like once you've done it you can't you can't rub it out that's what it has to look like so you're having to react it's a more like reaction based process me just sitting down with a pen and paper which I can't can't stand and we just started making um, a pair of Louis Louis Vuittons with um, a big vagina I saw that yesterday yeah yeah but it's hollow I don't know if it might be a vase or something because it's hollow on the inside so you could put a nice put a nice flower in it flower (laughs) in the flower well if Prince Charming would have found that slip we wouldn't have bothered to go and see where it fucking belonged to would he would have just kept it Cinderella's 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 slipper but with like a porn hub tape or something like that. <laughs> Another question I've got here. If there was you yeah. and five artists, past or present, oh. what would your ideal group show be? Chris Burden. Okay. Boom. Um Leda Barlow. Nice. OG. We'd have Let's get Rosie Gibbons in there. Love her, love her work. Who are, how, how many are we up? Me. That's and, three. That's three. Oh God, this is... We'll get, right, let's have, let's have Jeff Coon so he brings in the money, right? Let's get the buyers in. Whether you like the work or not, you've got to have a financial hook for this show. Um, not that the other ones, obviously. Are the other ones. <laughs> but, you know. Hang on, how many is that? Four? Oh, 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 I know. Oh my God, what's her name? Oh, Chris, I think it's Chris, is it Christina Qual? Oh, I'm pronouncing that wrong. She just had a painting show at um, South London Gallery in the summer, when I was back in London, like summer, autumn. Stunning painting show. The very bodily, but very kind of like, um, them. Is like, imagine you've got a bit of chewing gum in your mouth, right? and you're pulling out the chewing gum and you kind of twist it around your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you apply that to like a body part yeah. with lots okay. of colours and textures. I and don't textures. know, but I'm going to look. <laughs> Her paintings are sick. Like they're really cool. That's who I'd have. They would be. And then we've got, we've got, we've got painting, we've got colossal sculpture, 
We've got some madness from Chris Burden. We've got madness from Lucy Gibbons. We're going, we're going mad. And then, actually, no, we're going to get rid of Jeff Keynes because he's a, I don't know right now. No, leave it, leave that in there. And then we'll have some good, the bad, and the ugly. everyone. I've got a title for a show. Love <laughs> what would you do if you weren't an artist, do you think? You know, I don't, I, if I wasn't an artist, I'd be a TV presenter. I'd love to be a TV presenter. Would you? Yeah, like a Saturday night. I'd be like a chat, like I'd be like a chat show host or like the a TV. Apprentice report. <laughs> Have you got anything coming up? At the minute, no, because I think everything is so. Everything's just a week away, isn't it? Hit and miss with COVID. Yeah. Like we've just had a, we've just had like another like mini lockdown here in Lisbon, and I think this whole, it's it's so impossible. I mean, like getting getting to Mykonos for that show in the summer last summer was. Did you go out there? Yeah, I was the only, I was the only, I was the only artist to be like um, pig headed enough to be like I'm fighting COVID and I'm. <laughs> I like when am I ever gonna be like, oh, you know, I think I should probably go and have a, a week in Mykonos, yeah. like like, you know, and be able to justify it. So I was like, oh fuck this, I'm gonna go on holiday. <laughs> they got, go- their booze is even cheaper <laughs> over there. Oh my god. So I was just like, right, I'm I'm going to Mykonos. <clears throat> I mean, working with the skip gallery, what would you do if they offered you a skip? I've got so many ideas for them. Catherine and Lee, right. So I had I wanted to do like um like flip it over and have like a kebab on the top. It'd be quite nice to be like serving people kebabs like at the end of the night on a night and skip some singing and some dancing maybe. You know, at the end of a night out, you're pissed, you're coming back from a club. Maybe you've got, you know, a gentleman friend that you found along the way. You're getting a kebab at the end of the night. It's that kind of like, that kind of moment where You've got you got your kebab, you're drunk, you're having a great time. Anything's to play for in that yeah. kind of like queuing outside the kebab shop when you're like 18, 19, that kind of just total you're in a you still got the buzz from the club itself, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just like it's the end of the night and all the bins are out and all that kind of stuff. Like, I kind of have this kind of like something, something in my mind about all these like the skip and a kebab and the yeah, trash nice. and being trashed and all that kind of stuff. I think something like that could be quite good fun. Maybe I'll give Catherine a ring. Like you, I'm loud, happy to be the centre of attention, you know, swearing all the time, being that, not necessarily fully ladylike all the time. Um, but even someone that comes across, you know, very like, confident, that idea of like going to a gallerist or something and being like, hi, can I have <laughs> oh, There's no way, I do not want to do that. Like I went yeah. to a show the other day and I was like, oh my God, great show, love the show, love the work, this gallery um, would probably really like be up for doing something with me because what I'm seeing here in this space, I think they would probably quite like what I'm doing yeah, as well. Yeah. Like I can see some, you know, connections in what I'm doing and what this show is doing and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want, like, I, I, how, how do you approach that? Like, how do you go over to someone and be like, hello, 
my name's Lizzie and I think you should have an exhibition of my work like I just they, they don't teach you that stuff at art school no. right and if I if it is it just as straightforward as that hello can I have a show please well they they say that's the the worst thing to do but well, that's how I've got most in shows Lizzie to tell you the truth because I, I don't know how to performing that circus mm -hmm. so I just go like look my name's Gary Mansfield this is my story this is my artwork mm -hmm. yes or no and if it's a no then I go all right thanks for your time yeah and I mean you're so like oh, I don't know like conditioned at art school to not ever do that like yeah. it's don't approach someone else wait for them to approach you you wouldn't set up a shoe brand and then not contact a shop and go hi I make yeah. these wicked shoes. They would look wicked in your shop. Do you want to sell my shit? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, why, yeah. why is art seemingly the only industry where you are making a thing, but you don't want to contact the distributor, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't actually make any sense, but there's so much... Um, bullshit that comes that comes with it like oh should I do that shouldn't I do that no like if they like your work that'll get in in contact but how are they actually meant to find your work how are they meant to you know this kind of ugh, yeah, if you're know. not in those circles to get noticed you know yeah it, yeah exactly like no one ever got a show with an email I'm I'm swear <laughs> to god I'm sure no, no one ever got a show with an email like yeah. when has ever anyone ever been I mean, I'd love to know, like, let's put it out to your <laughs> to your audience, right? Has anyone actually ever got a show from sending an email? I just, I don't seem to have have the bollocks to do it for some yeah. reason, which is, which is just ridiculous because the way, like, with the plates and the ceramic stuff that I'm making, suddenly I'm like, oh, oh, rem I remember that concept store I went in in Berlin a few years ago. Maybe I should message them and see if they want to try and flog some of my ceramics in there. So if, I'm, if I've got that attitude towards ceramic, why haven't I got that attitude towards a painting or a performance? Yeah. It's something with the materiality of clay, which makes me think that someone might be more willing to show it or sell it or yeah. I don't know so I think even within like your practice I'm I'm feeling more confident or about approaching someone and I think it's because they're not a gallery it's a shop yeah yeah right so that it's it's a more kind of feels a bit more of a clear-cut obvious way of doing business whereas with art it's like Oh, well you have to be invited and you have to have had x amount of solos and you have to have gone yeah. to the ra and like la 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 la, la. yeah it's, i think it's the snobbery well i'm hoping that this last two years has sort of made that adjust a little bit and likewise artists can see that they don't need the gallery as much as they thought they yeah. did you know and, and also, like, where it's like, not every gallery is the same, yeah. obviously. Like, the, the beauty of, like, Langley Gallery and the beauty of Skip Gallery, right, is they're really nice, wonderful people that you want yeah. to work with. The artist wants to work with the gallerist or the curator. Like, you want to work with them. Like, you've got a rapport. It's interesting. There's not this kind of, like, uh, hostility or wankiness like wankiness is the perfect word for it wankiness there's not the wankiness and the ego attached to it like yeah. you you feel comfortable you want to approach them and say oh, I've got this idea for this show like let's let's blah, 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 blah. 
Whereas, I mean, there was, you know, galleries in London that I'd be going to, you know, their private views for eight, nine years, you know, like religiously, because I'm interested in the artists that they're showing. And the, seeing the gallerist, you know, like every month, every six weeks, I know your face, you know my face, I know who you are, you know who I am. But you can't be bothered to come over and say hi. Yeah. You know, or you don't want to come over and say hi again, or that's because like there's somebody else here that's more important in your opinion, right? And I was just like, oh, get your head out of your ass and yeah. just like, because I mean, like like you said, they're not going to know of you unless you've waved exactly. your flag, you know. Exactly. So I don't know what it is. What is it? What is it about the art world that makes you feel like nervous about like being like, my work's good, and you should think it's good too because as far as i'm concerned i'm fucking amazing why can't anyone else see it you know artist's ego. <laughs> talking uh, of your artwork uh, where can yeah. people see your artwork be it um website or social media social media website as well elizabethprentice.com or at elizabethprentice you know you know when you're just like oh computers i try and spend as little amount of time on a computer as possible so maybe like yeah, Instagram's got it all on there. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, even when like, we were coming out of art school, it's like, oh, make sure you've got your website set up. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, loads of people don't even bother having a website now because it's yeah. just like, do you really need one? But then at the same time, for example, with this whole, like, Instagram constantly threatening to, like, delete my account for the odd nip, you go, oh, well, actually, maybe it's not, you know, enough yeah. for me to rely on having, you know, like, your are kind of like archive or documenting all your work being on there because there it's just one click away yeah. from Instagram like deleting all record of your work you know well, when I of... was looking at you online yeah I looked at both website and Instagram mm -hmm. and I probably got more information from your website Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, Instagram is depending on how you do it because you go on some people's profiles and it is just fucking rigid. It looks so yeah. cold and methodic, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like, I did a bit. I tried to like <clears throat> rejig the website a bit more when I came to Portugal because you know, like in London, you kind of you know you've got your You've got your peers, you've got people, oh, say, oh yeah, Lizzie, like, oh no, Lizzie, like, no, 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 But some, a lot of the time, someone's already got a bit of a baseline of, you know, your, your friends introducing to you someone at an yeah, exhibition. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I know, oh yeah, I saw your thing at the blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, when you move to another country or another city, you're coming in cold, aren't you? So having something that's a bit, bit clearer and a bit more like, hello, this is me. This is me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely like a conscious decision to have something that was a bit a bit clearer with a bit more um, information just for moving here and like being like, well, you know, no one knows who I am. Yeah, it's, it's as if you're going, don't, don't forget me. And life in Portugal, how, how is it for you at the moment? Oh, it's wicked. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've got, I've got a studio, you know, like in London that was always you know like a very like touch and go thing you know at least here I've got a studio close to the beach and the wine is excellent like well, <laughs> you should come come visit, come visit anytime, anytime yeah no Portugal's Portugal's mint would recommend good. it's got good art scene well it's been great getting to know you that's for sure yeah really 
really, really likewise. Fabulous. All right, my darling. Oh, thank you very much again. Thanks, love. Cheers. Bye. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta-da. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.